is the Nico and Chris Bears postgame wrap-up podcast show featuring Nico and Chris. I'm Nico. And I'm Chris, and your Chicago Bears have made a major move in the trade market today. You want to fill them in? Yes. The Bears have traded away the first overall pick with uh, about a month and a half to go until even the draft, and with only a few days before free agency, to the Carolina Panthers. So the, so the deal currently is... The Panthers get the number one draft pick for their number nine for pick this year. Their 61st <clears throat> overall pick in the second round in this draft. Next year's number one. Next year's second round pick. And to round it all up, their number one receiver, DJ Moore, comes to the Chicago Bears. So, in essence, Ryan Poles just, just got, if you talk about the top draft picks, the first, the second, and then the Bears' second rounder and DJ Moore. He got four players for this team. This is absolutely insane, and I'm really just I, – I don't even know how to put it in words. I'm suddenly that much more excited about the, the 20, uh, 2023 regular season. Right, and you have to – and then and then on top of all of it, DJ Moore signed an extension last year with the Panthers that goes into effect this season. And it's a three-year deal for $50 million. So now the Bears don't have to go into free agency and overpay for it or a guy who isn't a number one receiver and give him number one receiver money. And plus being able to pick up, like you said, three other players in the draft for the price of one pick. One pick. It was one pick. We didn't create anything but one pick. Yeah, that, that's one potential future maybe player. For it, 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 it blows my mind. This is a really, I'm really happy they did it, but what a shitbag move on Carolina's part. <laughs> well, and I mean, look, since their new owner, David Tepper, has been there, he's not been shy about wanting to make big moves to make that team uh, at least relevant and more relevant than they are. Because, you know, the first thing he does, he gets there, they get rid of Ron Rivera, you know, they cut Cam Newton, and then they signed Teddy Bridgewater. And, well, that's, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is who we, you know, is who we thought he was. He was always Mr. Average. And they trade for Sam Darnold, and they do that. And nothing works. You know what I mean? And now they get Frank Reich. He's their new head coach. And the first thing they do is they trade away a boatload of draft capital and their best playmaker, possibly, on offense – to a team that already has a quarterback. so And they want a quarterback. That's what they want. They want the quarterback. It's crazy to me because, like I said. They're robbing Peter to pay Paul in my they, eyes. They really, they really are. No, they really are. And that's a, that, is a great, that is a great analogy to use because, like, uh, it, it does rob them of their short-term future because I, I don't know if you remember. I mean, like, the Panthers did a little bit better down the stretch after they fired Matt Rule this year, last season. But, like, they're still not great by any means. And I don't know what Frank Reich brings them except that he's an offensive play caller. Like, that's about it. I don't, you know, Frank Reich, I think his best year in Indianapolis, he won 10 games, which isn't bad. It's nothing to sneer at, but he was there for five seasons. So, you know, one 10 game win season, I think it, it's nothing great. <clears throat> I, I, I mean, I got to give Ryan Poles a lot of credit on this one because, A, a lot of guys might have waited. Um, they would have, you know, tried to get as much as they could. But I think what Ryan Pol and like I said, with the DJ Moore contract, 
Now they don't have to overpay in free agency for a wide receiver who's probably not as good as DJ Moore is. And, and on top of that, they don't necessarily have to look for one in the first round. No, and that's a great freaking point. Yeah, they can wait for a value pick to fall down in the second or even the third round at this point. Right. So there is now – now there's a little bit of cushion, as it were. Um, everybody kind of goes into their respective places. Now you have DJ Moore as your clear-cut number one. Is your clear cut number one wide receiver, and then uh, Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney drop down a bit, and Cole Komet's your fourth best wide receiving option. And then when you think about it that way, when you go more Mooney, Claypool, Komet, and you're like, that's not a bad wide receiver room after all. Plus, the alliteration but, is beautiful, right? And it just sounds like okay, it sounds good, and then like. Well, they're going to bolster the offensive line, right? Because that's what they're going to do in free agency. They're going to bolster the offensive line. So that's going to make your running game better. And they're probably not going to re-sign David Montgomery, but who knows? I mean, look, look at the Chiefs. The the Their running back in the Super Bowl, Isaiah Pacheco, was a six-round draft pick, and that guy was burning trails all over the place. Khalil Herbert was burning trails all over the field last year when he was healthy. You don't necessarily have to overpay for a running back. And who knows? You could draft one, obviously, earlier or later now. Now you have a couple extra draft picks. I mean, there's a, that's the thing. I think a lot of people were expecting like a, you know, like this return that's never been heard of before, which is probably never going to happen anyways. Or like I know this week, because last week um, was the combo. <clears throat> And Ryan Poles was pretty open about the fact that he would be willing to trade the pick for picks and a player, which is what happened today. And a lot of people thought that meant trading to Indianapolis to get DeForest Buckner and draft picks for the number four pick as well. But from what I understand, right, you know, like it probably like Indianapolis probably didn't didn't even bring an offer to the table that was even worth listening to. The rumor at the moment is if that, at all, if at all. Yeah. The rumor that I'm hearing for about the Carolina deal is that at one point, Carolina didn't want to trade DJ more. They were going to give the bears yet another first round draft pick. And Paul's Oh my God. Pick. Yeah. So it would have been the 20, maybe their 2025 pick. Yep. The 2025 first round draft pick. And so think about it, that's one, it's five draft picks for the number one pick, which is, yeah, it's huge. And think about what you can do with all these number ones now. Next year, let's say the Bears are decent and the Panthers suck, or let's say they both suck, right? Well, the Bears can trade both first round picks back again and get more picks for more points. You know what I mean? They just got more bargaining chips, you know, and. and yeah, but also they're not going to suck, huh? Frequent Probably contributor not. to the show, T. Sheets, said Super Bowl, and I'm with it. <laughs> I You have to – well, and I mean, look at the state of the division right now. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, you're clear-cut And that's looking more likely, by the way, yeah, as possible. of today. Yep. The Packers don't seem to want him back. No, they're, they're I think they're tired of the diva thing. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the off-field antics, the constant drug use. Yeah, the complaining about no one's a good player around here when he doesn't practice with anybody on purpose, you know. Um, if they do trade him away, your favorite preseason before, you know, before the draft or anything, your preseason favorite becomes either the Vikings or the Lions. 
and everyone's going to pick the Lions because it's going to sound like a sexy pick in January if they're right. Yes, they're going to be. They're going to be that Plus, guy. They'll, they'll be a team on. They'll be a team on the upswing that finished the season strong, as opposed to a team that you know floundered in the playoffs. So that would be right. the smart pick, to be honest. Right, and I mean the hot take shows are going to pick the Lions over everybody, but you can't like overlook the possible upside of a Justin Fields with now a better receiving core. And who's to say they don't draft a wide receiver still with the number nine pick. And then a player in Justin Fields that they just showed that he's their guy now. Yep. They went out and made a move to get him a weapon. They didn't keep their pick and try to get a backup quarterback that they thought might usurp his position, you know? Nope. And think about it like this, like, you know, DJ Moore's only going to cost you $17 million next year. You know how much extra money that gives you in the cap to spend now? Like, that's another thing. It's almost like a bargain bin hunting thing. And they got a they got a, a guy who's been a producer most of his career for not that much money. So now you can now you can get guys, you know what I mean? Not that they weren't going to get guys anyways. They were going to spend money this they have to this offseason. And a producer with some real hunk of shit quarterbacks. I mean, imagine what he's going to do with Justin Fields. Right. I I, I have to read you the stat. I'm, I'm going to find it really quick. But, yeah, I mean, think about the guys he's played with, you know. Oh, the thing Cam you were Newton. posting on Instagram? Yeah, Cam Newton on the way out, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, whoever else. There's there's a kid last year who played with them. I don't even remember his name because um, Sam Darnold got hurt. Um, and he actually did – I mean, I'm not going to say – well, he did good for being on the Panthers, which doesn't mean anything. But, um, yeah, it's just like, oh, it's so – like, he's played with such piss-poor quarterback play. And now here comes a quarterback that – and not to mention, D.J. Moore is 25. Justin Fields is 23. I believe Chase Claypool is 24. Darnell Mooney is 25. This is a young team all of a sudden. After two seasons ago, the Bears were like the third oldest team in the league. And within two seasons, we probably become one of the youngest teams in the league. So that is, that's a bonker statistic because you're right. It, it's been every year we've talked about this on the show. Oh, this defense is aging. This guy, it's win or go home. You know, there's been injury prone, especially on the defense, but you know, right. the offense. So here's this, here, here's some stats for you. <laughs> DJ Moore. 64 receptions over the last five seasons would make him third on the Bears all-time receptions leaderboard. So anybody who poo-poos the DJ Moore trade already is an idiot. (laughs) He only has 300 receptions, and that's third best all-time in Bears history if his stats were. (laughs) Um, Trailing only Walter Payton and Matt Forte. So the Bears' best wide receivers have been running backs in their history. Oh, my God. When you say it out loud, it sounds so sad, but it's It's true. It's silly. It's silly how sad that sounds, though. You know what I mean? Like, a hundred and some odd years as a franchise, your two best receivers are running backs? And they've had some decent wideouts, but they never stick around for more than two or three years because of all the drama in the head office. Yeah, there's all – they're either – yeah, you – a guy like Marty Booker, who is who gets a really couple good years, and then they they don't want to pay him, so he goes somewhere else where he gets paid, or they get Brandon Marshall, who has a couple good years, but he's such a psychopath that like you can't let you can't keep him around, you know. Um, his five—that's that's, that's who I had in mind when I said that, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marshall, because well, it, even he had his eyes on the prize of leaving the game of football while he was playing for the Bears. 
Right. And he had back-to-back 1,500-yard seasons, I think, for the Bears. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a hell of a producer. And I was a big Brandon Marshall fan when he was on the team. But then you get to Brandon Marshall, the person, and you're like, God, this guy is insufferable. Just, <laughs> it's he's, horrible. He's reverse Marty Bennett. I know, dude. I, and, you know, people, and that's the thing. People seem to forget that Brandon Marshall was such a turd. And then people people dogpile Marty Bennett for just speaking the truth. And it's like, hey, man, like, at least the guy's not lying about being a – like, Mar- Martellus Bennett will be the first guy to tell you, like, yeah, I did that shit. He will be the first person to do it. Brandon Marshall will victim blame, you know, and I hate to use that term, but he will always do the victim thing where it's like, it's not me. It's that, It wasn't – it's not my fault that I attacked Cortland Finnegan. It's because I can't keep my cool. You know what I mean? You know, so um, get this. His five, this is DJ Morstead again. 5,202 receiving yards would be the most in franchise history. Oh, right there. my fucking God. Close the door. Your arguments, and not you, but you know, your argument. The, the, the royal you. Yeah, the royal the, you. The nitwits from the, the, the punching crowd, yes. Right, right, right. The three one sevens on the uh, on ESPN Radio and the score calling up five seconds after the trade. Like, I don't even know why we traded for this guy. This guy's a bum. Yeah, yeah we're looking can... at you, Chuck from Winnetka. <laughs> yes, yeah, Steve from Bolingbrook. Yeah, I've been watching the Bears <laughs> since 1961. No one cares. That's your problem. It's like you keep thinking of 1961. Yeah, this is Joey from Lombard. I'm 57 years old, but I still go for Joey. Uh, we really fucked up. Can I keep in Trubinsky? I don't know if this kid has what it takes. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's. Bring Dick, come back. It was about, tw- about 15 minutes. Like, I was texting between you and T and a couple other people. And it was about 15 minutes or so after I found, I, I noticed that they made the trade that they started taking calls on the score and one guy's just like, yeah, I don't really like this guy. And they're like, why? And they're like, look at his numbers. And so they rattled off the numbers and they're like, and he played with bums. So it's not like he played with like, you know, Peyton Manning over here. He played with bums. Like imagine if he gets a quarterback that a is willing to do anything it takes to be successful in the league. Because right now, Justin Fields, Excuse me. Justin Fields does not want to accept anything less than the best. And like you said, he's 25 years old. Yeah. Those numbers are gaudy from somebody who's about to retire. Yeah, DJ Moore. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. It's like, you know, what are we what are we arguing with here? Like, you know, and that's and and I think that leads back to the old problems of Bears fans of the past is that they're so stuck to the little times you were successful that that's the only way you know how to succeed. And so you kind of fear like a brush of that, you know, brushing that away and bringing in something new. I mean, in one year, Ryan Poles has basically cleaned house of all the old junk. And it's like, it's all got to go. You know what I mean? And I I can't help but wonder if these fans, they, they want, like you said, they want the shiny new toy. They want to see, what the potential results would have been from a flashy number one pick. Right. I mean, yeah, because now you don't get the chance to draft Will Anderson and possibly you don't get the chance to draft Jalen Carter. And I mean, okay, I guess, but 
does anybody remember this team last year not having anybody on the like once you got past Mooney? Remember when Mooney broke his leg, and then Claypool, who wasn't get, getting the ball enough, became your de facto number one wide receiver, and you're like, oh, he doesn't have any cushion. And Cole Komet and that offense just became bad in a second without Mooney. Right. right. I mean, or like when David Montgomery got hurt and everyone's just like, oh, what's going to happen to our running game without one guy? You know what I mean? Or the defense. Look at the defense. Eddie Jackson gets hurt. Uh, Jalen Johnson gets hurt. Uh, you know, this all of a sudden the defense is depleted within one or two games of injuries. And now you're looking at dudes just, you know, who are coming off the streets. That's, right. how, that's how little impact guys we had on the team last season. What he's trying to do is have many impactful players, not just two or three. You like, know. Ma- making one of this or making this one move and getting rid of this pick that, let's face it, was a gift from Lovey Smith. Right. This team yeah. wasn't guaranteed the number one pick until that last moment. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like and I said, mean, they're going to be stacking capital on top of capital on top of capital in form of depth. Right. And and look, it, it's not to say that these are the only picks that they can have. Remember last year they had no picks almost going in. Was it like six picks going into the going into the draft? And the yep. earliest pick was the second round. And then what did what did he do on day three? He just kept, the, the previous regime traded away the farm. Everything. Everything. And what did what did polls do on day three? Just kept trading back and trading back and trading back, just getting as many picks. Because it's like, look, we don't have – there's nothing here. You know, the Bears payroll last year, 90 million of it was committed to guys who weren't on the team anymore because of all the bad contracts. You know, people don't want – people, you know, you have – I mean, the NFL is a short-term memory game, and I, you know, in many ways in one it is. But at the same time, like, the team has been handcuffed by what the old guys did. But now we're getting away from that. Now it's going to become Pulse time. And his first big move, he fucking fucking did a great job so far. I agree. And if you want to look at it long-term over the course of the next three or four years, he's working to stabilize things where it was was all tipped to one side, like you said, with the really shitty deals, with the cap space just flirting with disaster all the time and having no draft picks whatsoever to try to get guys that can make an impact now, which didn't work. So getting back to just being able to have your seven or maybe eight picks in the draft like you're supposed to have and good fucking players. Well, I mean, yeah. I and mean, people aren't – they're not seeing the forest for the trees right now. And I, I still – not to go back to this, but I don't understand hating on the DJ Moore thing because that's making a high second-round draft pick without having to do it. I, I think a lot of people are – are I think – I, I want to say the, the, the dissatisfaction in it. Maybe some people think like, well, if they got rid of him, then how good can he be? But it's like to me, if they get rid of him that easily, they 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 coveted the pick more than they coveted DJ Moore. You know what I mean? And that's plus just, there's you know, there's no way he's happy in Carolina. He wasn't last. Who did he play with last year? Fucking Baker Mayfield. That's right. Yeah, Baker was on that team for a short while, wasn't he? Oh man, like, I forgot that. I forgot about that. Oh. They traded for him. If, if you're DJ Moore and you're like, yeah. oh, man, who am I going to be catching from today? And they're like, oh, we got good news for you, DJ. And fucking Baker Mayfield walks in the room. The guy who right. wasn't good enough for Cleveland. 
right. A guy DJ's like, what, am I going to shoot commercials with this fucking guy? I'd like to win some football games. <laughs> That's a good point. No, and, and I totally forgot that he was on that team. Um, yeah, the, I, like I said, the, the thing is, is that, you know, it's obvious that Carolina covets that pick because they know what they want to get. You know, last week at the Combine, um, the big the, – the number one guy who came out as far as quarterbacks was uh, – oh, my God, what's his name from um, – The Kentucky guy? The, no, not the Kentucky guy. The guy from Florida. Um, it's going to kill me. I just talked about him earlier. There goes – see, there goes my short, short-term memory. Um, <laughs> Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson from Florida. He had the best – he had one of the best 40 times – he had the highest vertical jump ever for a quarterback in the combine. By so the way, uh, of- the, the 40 time change for the combine this year it was actually how fast a quarterback can chug a, uh, chug a 40 ounce of Mickey's malt liquor. Oh, shit. And he had his time down to 4.24, which is pretty impressive. That is pretty good. That's pretty good. And it was out doing the dumb swirl thing that people are doing now on the TikToks. So, oh, he just downed it. Open that throat. Bam. That is talent. That's really talented. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, a couple guys flashed last week at the Combine, and obviously Carolina is just like, well, we don't want to miss out on it. And here you go. I mean, this is where we are. This is where we are with a month and a half to go in the draft. And that's, you know, and that's saying something. That's, you know, that's saying that, hey, you know, at least Ryan Poles didn't try playing around until the last minute until the day of and go like, you know, let's say he screwed the worst trade he could have got. You know what I mean? Or the best trade. Let's say he screwed up the best trade possibility he could have got because he thought if he waited till the day before the day of the draft, he could have got everything. It's very possible he could have. Or he could have got the greatest deal ever, you know, with 10 minutes to go before they have to make their first pick. You're never going to know. What Ryan Poles was sure of is that he had to get pieces for the team now. And he got five of them. I honestly don't think any other team was going to come with anything that lucrative for Chicago. Probably not. And, and it was born out of Carolina's desperation. Right. Because they were looking at the Alabama quarterback, too. The, uh, the the owner talked about him at the combine. Bryce Young, yeah. Bryce Young, yeah. yeah. A lot of people like him, but he's also very tiny. <laughs> he's, a, he's a small dude. He's like, uh, I think he, I think he uh, was uh, – when they when they call him a pocket passer, they mean it's because he fits in people's pockets. <laughs> I think his I think his uh, he didn't even he didn't even perform at the combine. He said you got to show up to my pro day. Um, but he got he got measured. I think it was five ten five ten and an eighth. And then they said two hundred and two pounds. But he looks skinny. He doesn't look two hundred pounds. He looks like if I were to guess one hundred ninety. Maybe one, yeah, 190. He looks skinny because, like, I don't know, man. He, a lot of people are saying he's not as tall as that, as even 5'10. Some people are saying he's 5'9, which is just astounding to me. Like, so <laughs> Kyler Murray's looking down on this guy. Yeah, exactly. That's where a lot of people, that's where the comparison uh, did, uh, with Kyler Murray. Carolina was in talks for Derek Carr at one point. Yep. But before the Saints shit the bed and picked him up. Yeah, I know. It's like, and that's the thing too. That's what worried so thank, me. Thank you, New Orleans, for this, by the way. Right, exactly. And that's what worried me a little bit too this week is that you saw Saints, you saw Geno Smith re-sign with the Seahawks. 
the Aaron Rodgers talks. Good move Jets. on their part. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Aaron Rodgers talks with the Jets, and then you're like, well, man, if these guys start shoring up at quarterback, like, will there be any? Will there be anybody willing to just be like, well, we're not going to trade up because we know the Bears don't need a quarterback? That was my worry. Like we are like Ryan Poles, we know you don't need a quarterback, so you could just stay at one. We don't care. And then you have to pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, like you're saying, another great reason he got this done now and didn't try right. to make a big splash on draft day for the headlines. Right. Just, just get, just literally five seconds since they got that first pick. It's all it's been. Is who are they going to trade it to? What are they going to get for it? What scenarios are going to, you know, this and that? It, it's traded now. Now you don't have to worry about them trading the pick and what they got for it. They got a good package, a really good package out of it. They got more draft picks than they than they had, which is a positive. They've got tons of capital for for signing guys, which is a positive. You know, right now it's prime for the Bears. It, the arrow is looking up at the moment. You know what I mean? So, something so, to ponder. Um, is it possible? Do you think if they would have held out, that maybe Tampa Bay would have given them something slightly better? Like maybe well, involve Mike Evans in a trade with some picks. See, uh, I wouldn't have minded Mike Evans. That now that we know that the Bears have DJ Moore, if they did, let's say, wrangle a Mike Evans, I would have been okay with getting Mike Evans. Um, I know he's a little bit older. I think he's like twenty nine, going into his thirty. Uh, thirty year. Uh, he'll be thirty, I think, when the season starts. And he's had some injuries over the past couple seasons. Um. I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know what Tampa Bay you know, thinking. We yeah. all have, so. Yeah, right. Tampa Bay, I mean, free agency starts next week, and that's another thing. <clears throat> like, who knows what these teams are thinking at quarterback as far as free agents goes? And that's another thing where the Bears could lose leverage in trading the draft pick. So here you have this lull right before free agency, and the Bears just go like, okay, here's the best deal right now. Let's just take it because – why get caught not getting what we can get for this pick? You know what I mean? Oh, and here's another thing to ponder. They have this 2024 draft pick now that they got from Carolina. Right. Could they leverage that into even more picks in the 2024 draft? Absolutely. Because now the, now the hope is, in a way, is that Carolina is so bad, let's say five wins or less bad, that that's a top five pick, even a top ten pick. And next year's draft is supposed to be even more loaded, especially at a lot of skill position players. Caleb Williams is the projected number one quarterback from you. He's a, he plays for USC. It, it, let's say the Bears end up with a top three draft pick because of Carolina, that Carolina pick is a top three draft pick. Holy shit. Could you imagine the bidding war then? Because, yeah, honestly, I don't see Carolina winning more than maybe six games. Because it doesn't matter who they pick. They have nothing. Right. They don't, they don't have much. And I, and I took a look. Okay, so Frank they're they're going to make a big splash behind center. Right, right. And I mean, then look, they're out of picks already. Right. And, I mean, look, next week is free agency, so they could, they could spend a lot of money and bring guys in. It's very possible. But, yeah, you got to, you know, what – just a scenario. And before we keep going, 
Frank Reich's best season at Indianapolis, he won 11 games. So I was one game off. He won 10 games twice, though. So two 10 game winners. Here's the scenario free agent looking for your next big contract, right? Do you go sign with the team that has potential at a lot of spots, including the quarterback? Or do you go to a team that doesn't have a quarterback that's going to draft one, but they're going to pay you a lot more to be there, and your chances of winning are a little bit less? So you have the quarterback in in spot A. You're not going to get you're going to get paid what your value is. You're going to probably win maybe sooner. Or do you go to spot B where there is no quarterback? You'll get a little bit more money. You'll probably lose a lot more sooner. You know what I mean? Yeah, a team that's going to be forced to start a rookie because they're going to spend their capital on that, obviously. It's why they made the move. Do you want to play with a rookie or do you want to play with a kid who's got a couple years under his belt? You know what I mean? Baker Mayfield's still signed with the team, right? No, they let him go, if you remember. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I forgot Uh, about that mid-season. Currently, the two quarterbacks they have under, under contract... Sam Darnold and PJ Walker. Um, PJ Walker started a few games last year for him, and he did, you know, well, well for a team that stunk. You know, did okay. I think him and I think he and DJ Moore actually had a good rapport together. So, oh no, wait, it was Darnold and DJ Moore that had a decent rapport. That was it. Okay, yeah. but it, I mean that that team started to falter. I think after the Christian McCaffrey trade. Oh, they were bad before that, I think. Right. But, I mean, any hope of them having success kind of left because he was more or less the face of the franchise at that point. Right. And, hey, great point, too, because they already traded away Christian McCaffrey last year, and now they get rid of yet another productive piece on their offensive side. Right, yeah. And anything that would benefit having that number one pick simply isn't there right now. Right. And – I mean, is, is a rookie going to set a season behind fucking Sam Darnold and learn the ins and outs of the NFL? We saw how well that went in Chicago behind Andy Dalton. It didn't. Behind Mike Lennon. Mike. Oh, God. Mike Lennon. Actually, today was the six-year anniversary of him getting signed by the Bears. So think about that. Think about that toilet of a signing. And then six years later, the Bears are the talk. Of, like, I remember when that signing happened and everybody went, what the fuck, Bears? And now today, the news is so different. Everyone's like, wow, look at the Bears playing big boy football. And it's like, oh, we're at the table. Like, people are talking about the Bears in a big way. Whereas, I remember when they signed Mike Lennon, I won. I, it was so bad. Oh, I think I was even more upset at the Dalton signing. I pretty much was. I was, I was livid at the Dalton signing for two reasons, because I thought they should have just fired Nagy and Pace before that shit went down. That's why, I, I mean, I know I told you a million times, and I brought it up before. When they drafted Fields, my gut, you know, my guts dropped a little bit after thinking about it, because it's like, dude, they're not going to get fired now, because they're basically going to go to ownership and say, you can't fire us, we just drafted the future. You have to, you have to let us see, us, see it through. Thank God Matt Nagy was such an asshole that he didn't want Justin Fields to play, that he made Andy Dalton the starter, and then that offense and team just shit the bed so quickly. You know what I mean? (laughs) Thank God, because, oh, 
if he'd have made Justin work and let's say they won eight games, he might still be here. And I don't know, man. I, I you know, if he, it, I, you know, good on him for winning that Super Bowl behind Patrick Mahomes. And now he's the offensive coordinator again with the Chiefs. Um, Let me just say, there's no what if, because he's not capable of making a guy like Justin Fields work. He never was. No, and I mean, the what if is the worst feeling in the world that I had about that, you know. Um, But like I said, when they drafted him at first, that was kind of exciting. I was like, this is cool. This is a kid who's produced a lot, you know, through his life and in college and what have you. But that that the net, my next thought was, oh my god, they can't get fired now because all they can argue is like, well, you can't fire us because we have to develop this guy. And then George, being who he is, and Ted, being who he is, go well, we can't fire him. And it's like, oh, I was. Yeah. He's right because we don't know how football works, so we just have right. to trust him. But am I wrong? Am no, I you're not wrong. wrong. No, and I mean, I think a lot of people were scared by that, you know. Um, like, like you said, when a guy like Nagy goes to the office and he's like, hey, this is why I did what I did. Let me see this through. And they're just like, hey, you know, just bring Smash Mouth football back to Chicago. They just they say what they think the fans want to hear. Right. And I mean, that's a great point, because George is not great talking about how football works, because as he said, he's like, I don't know how it works. I'm just a fan. And it's like, oof, that's why. And, and that's why hiring Kevin Warren is a great buffer for the Bears ownership now. Now anything that's football related goes to Kevin Warren. Answer those questions a million times in front of the press. Who's dealt with the press, who's dealt with the NFL, you know, who's been uh, the commissioner of the Big Ten. <clears throat> He's handled those kinds of questions. Whereas George... Huge you know, move and a super smart move. We didn't get a chance to talk about it on no. the show yet, but God, what a, what a smart move. Yeah, great move. Like, and the fact that the Bears hired somebody who'd already done it, that's not like the Bears at all. Usually it's like, what guy can we get that wants to do this job and is willing to prove himself? (laughs) (laughs) What nephew haven't we promoted yet? (laughs) Um, This is their Theo Epstein move. It really, yeah, no, it is, it is, and it's desperately needed by a franchise who needs a move like that. You know, Uh, the the Cubs were, you know, to talk about the Cubs for a few for for a minute. Yeah, the Cubs were kind of in the same boat as the Bears. They were so behind the times. When Theo Epstein got hired by the Cubs and went through all the they did scouting and all that stuff, he goes, how come nobody has iPads? And they go, what do we need iPads for? He's like, so you could film prospects and send me the video right away. They're like, you can do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, No, nobody... we here at the Cubs, we play Smash Mouth baseball. We don't yeah. need that. Yeah, like guys were like still going to pay phones and like, you know, reading off notes off of a notepad that they probably had to buy at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> they got they got the the hat with the pen in it, the badge that says press. Oh my god, I was just gonna say that <laughs> the little thing in the brim that says press. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping the little fucking Morse code button to talk to the scout across <laughs> the field. Hello, operator. <laughs> that little tick, 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 the thing on the old time phones you have to tap it a million times <laughs> oh my god a cigarette hanging out of one lip and a glass of whiskey in the other back like, this kid's got moxie see <laughs> no but like no and it's a good that's a good you know that's a good comparison because yeah the 
the Bears never have had representation like this for their team. Now you get George out of there. You get Ted. You know, Ted retires. He's going to go away. You get a guy who's done this before. And he's had success doing it. He's had success building a stadium, the one he did, you know, with the Vikings. You know, and everybody says that that stadium is probably one of the best in the NFL right now is the Viking Stadium in Minneapolis, you know, or St. Paul, you know, in the Twin Cities up there. Meanwhile, SoFi Stadium, the new Ram Stadium, has been getting some criticism the last year because some of the things they well, put a, in because there, the Rams play there. That too, the Rams and the Chargers, by the way. Excuse me. <laughs> well, Not people one. still like the Chargers. I think somehow this is mind blowing to me. The Rams won a Super Bowl, and nineteen people showed up to their parade. <laughs> There's literally no such thing as a Rams fan unless you were a fucking Detroit fan. It's L.A. Danny, Chris. <laughs> it's L.A. They don't care about football like that. If the Lakers win, that town is swamped. You know what I mean? You know, if even when the Kings won a Stanley Cup, the streets had some people in there. But yeah, they just don't care for football that way. USC is the is the is the team in L.A. or, or was you know um, for a while. Yeah, just NFL, it just doesn't matter. I remember when the Rams were selling PSLs for that place, and they were selling for like 25000 And everyone was just oh like, my eh, God. That's, a little bit ex- that's a little expensive. And it's like, this is L.A. where everything's expensive. People are like, that's a little too pricey. Well, it's like, nobody- cranky. What the fuck do you expect? Well, yeah, right. He, he just assigns value randomly based on what he wants to get paid for. And he's like, yeah, PSLs now going for a million dollars. You know what's funny though? Because they had to share the stadium with the Chargers. The Chargers were selling PSLs for like 70 bucks. They're like, it's not our stadium. We don't give a shit. <laughs> like the Rams found out. They're like, you have to sell them for more. It's like, it's not our stadium. We're not going to make the money on it. You know, like, you know, you want a PSL? It's like $100. And like, Cronky was fucking livid. And I remember hearing stories where people were like, we just got season tickets for the Chargers because it was cheaper. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, incredibly cheaper. But that was like, you know what? That was like when the Yankees opened new Yankee Stadium and they had those seats behind home plate and the dugouts. And it was like these big, almost recliner-like seats. And I mean, they look gorgeous. Like the Sox have now. Yeah. They're not behind home plate, but. Yeah, yeah. But they were like these big seats, and there weren't as many seats in the area. So, of course, less seats is going to cost more money. And I think, like, they said game day price was like 2900 bucks for those seats behind home plate. And, like, after the first few weeks of New Yankee Stadium open, those seats weren't filled because no one's going to drop three grand to watch three hours of baseball. Like, there's no – there's no like inherent value in spending all that money to watch one game. You know what I mean? So yeah, they right. had to when they play 162 of them, it's it's insane. It's that insane. people think they can get away with charging that much money, right? So uh, the one thing I, I I and like I said, and you know the one thing I've heard Bears beat writers talk about Kevin Warren and their dealings with him when he worked for the Vikings is that. You know, he was very instrumental, obviously, in building that stadium to the point where he actually they actually invited 
beat writers from other teams to come visit the stadium and like, here, look at our stadium, see what you like about it. Tell us what you don't like about it, because we'd really like to hear, you know, what makes it easier for you to walk around? Oh, you know, this, that, and the other. So it's obvious Kevin Warren is an open book and is willing to work as opposed to just say like, well, this is the way I always do things and I'm not really open to suggestion. And if you heard his press conference, he seems like the kind of guy that's willing to, you know, get down to the finer details of things because that's where everything works. That's where the devil lies in all the details. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's nice to know that the bears didn't shy away from this type of hire. Whereas in years past, they would have never made this hire. Never in any position. No, but they want the kind of guy who's going to play ball. Yeah, they or they want it rather. Obviously, they've changed their tune, but he, like you said, historically in the past, it was guys who were just going to toe the we do things traditionally, we do things the Chicago Bears way, we play Chicago Bears football. Well, and it's always a guy who's never done the job before. You know, it, it look, I mean, even Poles, too, you know, Poles was never a general manager. Matt Eberflus was never a head coach anywhere, you know. You know, these are guys that are still new at their jobs at the moment, but at the same time, like, here comes your president, and, you know, Ted only became president out of necessity because Michael McCaskey had, you know, done so poorly at the job that when Michael McCaskey lost the presidency with the Bears because he did so bad at the job, and then when they restructured the shares for for the team, Virginia McCaskey released shares for the team. And so more people bought shares into ownership of the team. And the first thing they did was like, we have to fire Michael. Like that was their first move because they they just couldn't stand the way he was running the team. So it's, you know, it's, they were only saying that because they were correct. I mean, come on. Right. No, (laughs) he was, he was really bad. You know I mean? You know, and I think the, the 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 last straw was the Dave McGinnis thing, and I mean, and that was then. And now it's a lot different. And look, Ted Phillips, I'm glad he's gone. You know, he did a he did a lot of good work for the ownership group, but to be honest, you know, he was a guy that just you said his name and it made you shudder. And he made a lot of moves that put the Bears behind too. He's the one that let. You know, Jerry Angelo get fired. He hired Phil Emery and he let Phil Emery fire Lovey Smith and hire Mark Tressman, which has put the Bears back quite a bit. You know? Yeah, that's uh that's definitely a stain on the story of the Chicago Bears historically. Right. I mean such a bad move. Legitimately the last you know, let's see, when did the Bears go to that NFC championship game? Two thousand ten. 2011 it has been a dozen years since the bears have had have done anything at all remotely positive at minus that 12 and 4 season so there's 10 seasons in there even then it was a first round exit and if you look back at some of those games they were very close or the bears had some calls go there i hate to admit it but no and you're right you're right that last month of the regular season i think the last month and a half they only scored 20 points once in that 2018 season. The last, I want to say five games. And now that we look back and we're like, yeah, that offense was great. It really fell apart at the end there. 
You know what I mean? It no, I thought happen. we were all on the same page that that defense was a world beater. The defense, and the offense great. followed suit. The defense was great, and what you know, what was great about it was that they were good the year before, if you remember. That I was just talking. I was, just and then that was obviously the offseason where they went and got Mac and. Right. Okay. So I was wrong. They scored twenty points twice in that last month. So I thought it was. I thought, but I mean, twenty points is still not a lot of points. Here, here, <laughs> not here, in the NFL. Here, here's how December goes: thirty points, no, twenty-seven points, then fifteen points, twenty-four, fourteen, twenty-four. Yeah. So, kind of wishy-washy there at the end. Um, I was talking to our bud Eradicus about that defense the year before Mac showed up and they were a top 10 defense without him. And that was with, that was even before they got Roquan. So that's like Akeem Hicks, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson's a rookie. Adrian Amos is still there. Danny Trevathan. Like there's mostly guys, but you have Vic Fangio, who's the mad scientist making shit happen. Akeem Hicks had eight and a half sacks that year as the nose guard, as the nose tackle, and he didn't even make the fucking Pro Bowl. Well, that's how much people weren't paying attention to Chicago at the time. I get it. I get it. it. But, like, I remember reading a story where someone's like, how come he didn't get the Pro Bowl? And they're like, well, he had a pretty good season. Like, eight and a half sacks is almost unheard of from that position. I'm like, that's why you should go to the Pro Bowl is because you just did something that no one does at a position no one expects sacks from. Like, to me, like, you know how big of a Nakeem Fakes fan I am. Like, Yeah, I love he, the guy, too, truly. Yeah. I mean, just remember those two years, what a monster he was in that front line. Like, he fucking yeah. made shit happen. Akeem, we know you're listening. Thank yes. You. <laughs> send me free stuff. Uh, <laughs> send both of us free things, please. This show uh, sponsored by Akeem Hicks. Yeah, and then uh, autograph in triplicate. Um. <laughs> or just come hang out. Yeah, you know, yeah, hang out. Have a couple of Mickeys. I, I got a grill, you know. We could. Yeah, you do. I'll get some Costco hot dogs. We'll fire them up. Yeah, make those burgers that you made that one time with all them spices and shit. Woo! Oh, yeah, we could do that. That was. I... Yeah, I don't remember what you did, but those burgers were fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know exactly uh, what I did. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. They, that 28 defense was, you know, you got Mac, you got Leonard Floyd, um, Akeem Hicks, Roquan, Danny Trevathan, freaking Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mukamara, Eddie Jackson, Adrian Amos. Remember Bryce Callahan had that breakout year until he broke yes. his foot? Like that defense was so good. And then, like you said, like, the defense really covered up a lot of the bad things that the Bears offense wasn't good at, <laughs> you know, and that was, you know, like I was reading a story the other day where there was a rumor Excuse me. that David Montgomery might sign with the Kansas City Chiefs now that, you know, Nagy's the offensive coordinator. And I joked, like, why? I'm like, he didn't run him with the Bears. Why would he run him in Kansas City all of a sudden? Like, what's the fucking difference? <laughs> Remember, he wouldn't run Justin Howard or Jordan Howard that year. Like, it just seemed like he refused to give him the ball. And, like, somehow towards the end of the season, he just, you know, Jordan Howard accumulated enough 
you know, stats to still get about a thousand yards and like, I think six touchdowns rushing, but it was just like, I remember at one point someone was like, did Jordan Howard fuck Matt Nagy's wife? Is that why he's not giving him the ball? <laughs> and then we found out later that just like, oh, he just doesn't like running the ball, period. You know? And that was the thing. And that's a good point that you made earlier about trading the farm to get something right now. You know, the Bears trade all that those picks to get Khalil Mack because that defense was so good already that I think Ryan Pace was hoping whatever they got for Mitch was just going to be a plus. You know, the draft capital and a huge contract. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, because remember, Aaron Donald had just signed for his big deal at the time. And Khalil Mack wanted more than what Aaron Donald was making. And so when he did sign with the Bears, I think his contract was for like a million or two million dollars more. The total of the contract. Yeah, I want to say it was uh, 148 for Aaron Donald. So he came here for 150, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and it was a big, absurd amount. It was a lot of money. <laughs> and we mean dollars, by the way. Aaron Donald signed for $148. <laughs> and Khalil Mack said, I want $2 more than that bum. That be- That's his words, not mine. He said, that bum. The Bears are like, ah, 150 bucks, you know. The thing is, is we got our money in a savings account and a regular account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of Paul Mall cigarettes. I don't know. The the deal was we got six, we got press things that go into the side of the hat to make. <laughs> they actually make all the they actually make all their scouts bring them back, or they like take it out of their check if they don't return. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Charge them three dollars, just like Family Express does. It's part of their rental fee for their uniform. <laughs> Um, the deal was 141 million overall total. Okay, so I, I wasn't too far off. No, not that. I mean, I, I knew even for 2018, that was a very gaudy number. That's a huge chunk of money. Yeah, no, for sure. And so Donald had to be 140 million. It had to because you know if it, it was only like a few million off. Um, but of course, we saw how that played out two or three years down the line. He gets hurt, and they ended up trading him away and just eating the rest of that money. Right. And yeah, Donald's contract was six years, 135 million. So a million dollars more per season because they're both six year contracts. Yeah. So, so he's, uh, he's played every bit of that now. Uh, I believe they've given him a new deal since then, Aaron Donald. So yeah, Aaron Donald actually fulfilled his end of the contract in its entirety with the team he signed it with. That's kind of crazy. If you think about it in, the, in today's <laughs> national football league, that's downright noble. <laughs> His current deal is three years, 95. What, what does he have to show for it? One Super Bowl. One Super Bowl, a million defensive player of the year trophy. Yeah, like nine endorsements. Come on, Aaron. You do better. <laughs> Admiration from everybody in the league who thinks he's great. What a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, this is completely unrelated to what we're talking about. This just popped into my head. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. Which gives Patrick McCones double the Super Bowls of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and his brother got brothers in trouble for forcing himself upon a woman at a bar last week. Oh, that makes complete sense, actually. Did you not see that video? No. He's at a bar, and it, I think it was the manager of the bar, and he was leaving. 
and he pulls her and just f- and forcibly kisses her. Like <sighs> he goes right for it. <laughs> now, <clears throat> the only thing I held my breath on was like you couldn't see any faces, so I mean it could be any tall linky bastard, and you could say that's Jackson Mahomes. But from what I understand, that that was Jackson Mahomes at that bar or club or whatever. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was quite a sight to behold. I'm like, God, this kid is a dumbass. Like, <laughs> you know, one of the worst to ever do it. I mean, he's lucky. You know, his brother could probably pay for that to go away because he's really rich. But uh, yeah, he shouldn't. Uh, if I'm Pat Mahomes, I'm like, no, you. Be in trouble for this. You get charged with a crime and you fucking pay the consequences because it's going to happen over and over again. Yeah, Mahomes, uh, Jackson Mahomes accused of assault by by restaurant owner and waiter. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, doesn't look good. He shoved a male waiter and then forcibly kissed the 40-year-old owner of the restaurant and lounge that he was dining at. Ugh. Well, at least the, yeah. at least the Holmes family had one kid they could be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's man. he's the Randy Clinton of the family. Real yeah, real Billy the, Carter action. Yeah, the Billy Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, you don't get a uh, you don't get that reference much anymore. <laughs> no, except on this show, you will get I, I, Billy Carter. And what was his name, Randy Clinton, or was it Randy? Yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming. Hey, if, if, if I'm wrong, listeners, correct me because I'm not going to fact check that. That's not how we roll here at the NC Bears cast. Oh man, <laughs> Roger, no, that's Roger. Okay, oh, hello, what is that? Is that a toy? There's music playing. Get out of here. Okay, that's from my PC. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought someone an, was an ad started playing with really generic guitar music. I was like, "Is Power Rangers playing over there?" Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's not a day that goes by in my life where I don't think about the Simpsons clip where uh, Jimmy Carter had to come out and rap to save that Farm Aid show, and he said, "Got a brother named Billy, and my teeth look silly," and then he break danced. So, <laughs> break it down, y'all. Plus Billy uh, Beer. Who could, who could forget Billy Beer? Who could? I mean, yeah, it was it was a state. It brought the country together, the Billy Beer, especially especially after the uh, after <clears throat> I, I ran fell to the Ayatollah. We really needed Billy Beer after that, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, everybody collectively came together and split a cold six, and things were all right. Uh, <laughs> you know, what did Reagan have during the Cold War? He brought crack to the party. Okay, true. He brought crack into these streets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, give, give me give me an ice cold Billy beer with the, yeah. those weird tabs they had back then any day of the week over call crack up, cocaine. Call up Roger Clinton because he's probably got coke on him. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roger Clinton saw that and he's like, Ronnie, you're supposed to snort this. What are you doing, man? <laughs> oh man. Only only in this show will you get a Billy <laughs> a Billy Carter and a Roger Clinton. <laughs> so right now as it stands things are looking up for the bears 
And it's pretty cool. It's pretty good to be a fan. I mean, I thought when we, you and I were watching the end of that Texans-Bears game, I thought it couldn't get any better than that, like that first getting the number one pick. Like that was a good feeling. But to know that they've turned it into something and that they're you know obviously looking to do more, obviously this, this upcoming season is going to be you know kind of a big deal. <laughs> this isn't the kind of like blind excitement that comes with a big splashy thing like we were talking about. This is a measured like this in your head. You're like, this is very smart. It's exciting because they're doing the right thing. Right. And that's, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. And that's hard to, um, it's almost, it's more of a relief. It's it's like, finally, something is going correct in Chicago. (laughs) Right. In a weird way, it's hard to process that because it's like for so long, you've just seen so many boneheaded moves for so long. You know, we've sent each other texts of, like, well, they drafted Mitch Trubisky, and we're just like, we're both shrugging our shoulders and like, why? What the fuck? Like, what is so great about Mitch Trubisky? You know what I mean? What, what is, you know, what is the point? Uh, you know, why are we drafting Shea McClellan? You know what I mean? Like, are these guys that good that they're showing, you know, like, there's no, at the moment, you know, they could still draft a, Shane McClellan in the draft. I don't know, but as of right now, actually, I don't think he's available. I think uh, he got traded to the Patriots. So, <laughs> no, and I mean, like for the moment, it it does seem like the Bears are poised to start building a team that can compete. Because for as quickly as it can go bad in the NFL, you could turn it around just as fast. You know. The Bears had that worst and first worst of first season from 2017 and 2018, you know. And there's a little bit more continuity with this team because you already have, and that's the thing. <clears throat> We're pretty much 99 percent or 95 percent. I'll say for myself, 95 percent sure they have the quarterback. You know, yeah, and I, so- I my my hope, and I know this is the NFL. Things don't always play out this way, but right. my hope is we see Justin Fields for at least the next 10 years in a Bears uniform. Right. And, you know, if you look at – I'd the, love to see him play his entire career here. I love the guy. Right. No, I I, I am – you can call me smitten because that's exactly how I feel when I watch the kid play. And I said, I, I, it, despite everything that was that went wrong at that Philadelphia game, watching him play live was magic. Oh, yeah. I mean, look. I did not go to the game thinking they, they were going to win that game. I just went going. I'm like, I, I'm going, I'm here to watch Justin Fields. I'm here to say that I saw Justin Fields live and I, and I believe in the hype. You know what I mean? Um, I, you know, with how quick the turnaround was for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And granted, they were a little, they're a little bit more built team than the Bears are at this moment. But to see how quickly they turned that around, to see what Jalen Hurts did with that team and what they did with him, and then looking what the Bears did those five or six games where they scored 30 points with Justin Fields, it's like, okay. It's like they're scoring 30 points with Justin Fields and, you know, and just some guys. You know, what – and, you know – Yeah, and Mooney has, he has a, a journeyman-like work ethic. I love Darnell Mooney. Right, and Cole Komet was nobody until he caught a bunch of passes last year from who? From Justin Fields. You know, it wasn't Cole Komet making plays with anybody else. Cole Komet has made all his plays in his entire career so far 
with Justin right. Fields throwing in the ball. He, he's not a running back. He's not making flashy juke moves or, you know, ankle breakers to get past guys. He's catching passes. But from the guy who we think is the guy. And that's what I mean. You, you don't catch a pass unless it's thrown. And who's throwing right. those? Right. And who's giving him the ball? It's Justin Fields. Who's making these plays happen? It's Justin Fields. And as like Justin Fields said towards the end of last season, he doesn't want to be a running quarterback. A quarterback, CJ Stroud, who went to Ohio State and is, you know, and is um and and is eligible for the draft this year, said that he did talk to the Bears at the combine, but he doesn't want to play for the Bears because, quote, that's Justin's team, unquote. It's already going around the league that this kid's that he's for real. Okay, people are going to have and look as you should. You you, you got to wait on a guy. You got to see how he you know progresses. But which historically the Bears are not good at. <laughs> no, not at all. But <laughs> to put see, it lightly, you got to see how he progresses. But at the same time, I you know my thing is like. Uh, and someone brought this up to me a, a couple weeks ago. Like, if you go back to that first game last year against the 49ers, and remember, they're down 14, or I think it's 13 nothing. And then they win nine. Oh, no, no, it was 10 nothing. They won 19 to 10. They don't win that game without Justin Fields. Without Justin Fields being able to get away from the sacks and finding that wide open Dante Pettis touchdown. You know what I mean? Or, you know, just, you know, making a few plays to help keep them in the game. If it was Mitch, they probably <clears throat> lose that game 10 to 7. You know what I mean? If it's Andy Dalton, it's probably 48 to nothing before you know it, you know, because <laughs> Dalton keeps throwing the ball away. But you know what I mean? I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's the kind of player that, and I, I've said it a bunch of times, yeah, he, you know, he's going to get beat. I just don't think he's the type of guy mentally who is going to let all that pressure just weigh him down. You know what I mean? He doesn't seem – and his some of his best games, his best numbers came against teams who were winning teams last year. You know? It's not like he played worse against good teams. He played pretty good against good teams. That, it's a positive, at least. It's at least one positive you have to take going into this new season. You know? So – I think the, the, the Niners went to the playoffs. The, the NFC Championship game. The, the Pats went to the playoffs. No, the Pats just missed, right? Yes, Patriots just missed. Yeah, it but came like, down at the last game. Dolphins went to the playoffs. <clears throat> the The Eagles obviously went to the playoffs. I think it was like five. That oh, game Bills, 25 to 20, right? Yeah, the Bills went to the playoffs, you know. And Justin Fields played the Bills pretty decent for the most part. Um, there's, uh, yeah, it's like the, the the Niners, the Eagles, oh, the Cowboys. Um, yeah, Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, uh, Bills, and yeah, that is, yeah, so all those teams. Oh, Vikings, Vikings went to the playoffs. The Giants, remember, uh. Remember the Giants went to the playoffs and beat the Vikings. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, uh, he, he played pretty well against a lot of those teams. Um, so I don't know. I, I think 
right now, yeah, they're just poised to make a lot of moves to maybe make Justin Fields better. And look, and if Justin Fields doesn't turn out, guess what? You have an extra first-round draft pick next year. <laughs> How many teams can say that at the moment? None. One. The yeah, Chicago one. Bears. The Chicago, Right. Right. Only one team can say they have one extra first-round draft pick at the moment, and it's the Chicago Bears. And I think that's not actually entirely true, but – you know what I mean? Like you can you can at least say as a Bears fan. No, you, you heard it here. Don't look into it. Don't look into any fans. of it at all. No fact checking. Just <laughs> this is a no spin zone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, like they have one. That if, if he work out, you have an extra draft pick for next year. You know what I mean? And if he does work out, you can turn that extra draft pick into whatever you want because now that's just found money. You know what I mean? You have extra to work with. And that's what, you know, to, to wrap it all up to, you know, that's what makes the trade almost confounding in a way. Cause like, like we said, Carolina is not that good. They ended up second in their division last year, but the NFC South sucks. So you, you just know. traded the bears a fucking bazooka because you run into the cool shiny knife they have. Right. Right. No, it, that's a good point. Like it, you know, are the Panthers that desperate for quarterback? I get that the retread guys haven't worked, but anybody could have told you that Teddy Bridgewater wasn't going to elevate you past, you know. I th- past the, the Panthers seem like a team that is that desperate to show their fan base that they're willing to do what it takes to win right now, and that includes sacrifice. And as Bears fans, we've been there, and we've seen how it just blows up in your face every time. You've got we're, we're not talking about a team like the Rams that went out and spent a metric fuck ton of money to win the Super Bowl that season, no matter what. Well, and trade away tons of draft picks. You know what I mean? To get Matt Stafford, to get Jalen Ramsey, you know, to to bring in to bring in Von Miller and all that stuff. They traded a lot of assets away. And now look at them. They you know to have Stan Kroenke personally give Roger Goodell fifty million dollars to rig the Super Bowl. <laughs> they did what it took to win, and by gum, they did it. To pay to having to pay the city of of St. Louis five hundred million dollars because you reneged on the lease that you signed. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually that's, a nice stadium. We saw Guns and Roses there, if you remember. It's actually not yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that's a nice place. So to go watch a a concert or probably a football game or you know monster truck rally, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, and that's another thing, you know, uh, we kind of skimmed over. The Bears closed on the the, um, the Arlington Heights property. Yeah, the Arlington, yeah. Arlington Park now belongs to the Bears. Kevin Warren's with the Bears, and he even said in his press conference, he is here for the Arlington Parks project. And when asked about a possible deal with Chicago, he says, look, I'm here to help build a stadium where we can build a stadium, and that is in Arlington Park. And now that Lori Lightfoot is not being retained as, as mayor of Chicago, you know, there might be a chance that Chicago pulls something through. But here's something I heard, and I need to watch this. Um, uh, Chicago, uh, NBC Sports Chicago did a thing about the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the building of a possible new stadium and all that stuff. Um, and someone mentioned that the only place in the, in the, there's no place in Chicago that has that much real estate available for the Bears to build a new stadium. There's no space in Chicago for the Bears to build a new stadium. 
that's why they have to go to Arlington to do it because there's nothing there's nothing there. You can't build anymore in Chicago. It's all covered up. Right. So and Soldier just, Field is a dump. I'm sorry. I have said it, it before is. on the show quite a few times. It's it's it is. Especially when in, in cold weather, it's right by the lake, so it's yeah. 10 times worse than it is because there's nothing protecting from that wind. No. When we went to the Eagles game, <laughs> we sat down and the sun was right on top of us. And I was like, man, this ain't so bad. Now, like 20 minutes later, that sun was gone and it was cold in that motherfucker. I was like, God, I want to go home, bro. Like, I'm, I'm freezing. <laughs> We've been cold all fucking morning, too. It's like, ugh. That's why, like, <laughs> I know. And it extra are- sucks because we dressed for it, but we couldn't keep the grill going because the wind was so fucking bad. I know. That's that's why I like I don't get why everyone's like no you got to play outside. F that I don't want to. I want to watch the game. I want to you know enjoy it. I don't want to suffer to watch the game. You know what I mean? Like I would rather. I, I know I sound like a wimp, but I would rather be indoors and just watch the damn game. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let me warm up. You know. Let me uh, get the, the most fun I've had at Bears games is at other stadiums. When we went to the Metrodome and it was inside. When we went to Ford Field, it was inside. Also because those are better stadiums. <laughs> I, well, I've, I, when we have fun at Soldier Field, it's, it's early in the season. Right. It's September or like in the preseason for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those last, like uh, when we went to the Bears Cardinals game, it was like 37 degrees. It was sleeting the entire fucking oh, game. Yep. If no. it wasn't for marijuana, we would not have survived that fucking game. <laughs> it's it's I, just it's a miserable experience. Once the team loses the crowd, everybody shuts up and they start wandering around. It's just right, and yeah, and, and that, that's a good point. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that that's so. You know, things are looking at the moment. Things look up for the Bears. So that's you know, it, it's not going to last. They 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 still have to. Nail free agency starting next week, and they have to nail the draft. But right now, in the short term, you know, you know, this is supposed to be the weekend for college basketball teams because it's <clears throat> Sunday this weekend. And the first night, the Bears took away college basketball's heat for <clears throat> one. So that's pretty big. It's pretty big when, I mean, the National Football League is still the biggest sporting league in the, uh, in the country and we're only what four weeks removed from the Super Bowl, not even, and they're still making news. So, and the fact that one of your charter franchises is making a big deal and getting praise for it, that's got to look good for the NFL. They got to feel good about that. So, I mean, as a bears fan, you have to feel pretty decent about it. So, and the team we hate is about to shit the bed. So, yeah. 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 Hey, man, if Rodgers is gone, good riddance. You know what I mean? I'm so sick and tired of that guy. Sick and tired. Let let Green Bay return to what they were before Brett Favre. Yeah. A a league-wide punching bag, a laughing stock. What's hilarious? I'm sorry. You know, Green Bay fans, you don't want to admit this, but you fell ass backwards in those two quarterbacks. What's hilarious is that. It's it's the same under-and-air superiority that Pats fans have. Right. That team was a punching bag before uh, a little bit Drew Bledsoe, but then Tom Brady, obviously. Yeah, Tom Brady was, yeah. He really, yeah, he really turned that franchise around, didn't he? He did all right. Wonder whatever happened to him. (laughs) 
Man, I wonder if they ever made a movie about that guy. <laughs> oh, I fucking forgot about that. That came out in theaters, <laughs> didn't it? 80 for Brady. 80 for Brady, yep. And was the 80 because the average age of the four women in the movie was 80? I don't understand the premise of that movie. Because here's the And problem. I'm not going to look into it. Because it's embarrassing that it exists. This is just I, like that Kevin Costner drafting movie. Oh, yeah. NFL films needs to just die. Oh, my God. <laughs> there is a... Do you remember? Uh, you might remember this. There, remember those Visa commercials from a few years ago, where it was like the four guys who'd gone to every Super oh, the Bowl, never miss a Super Bowl club. Right. I wonder if they just kind of plucked that idea, but instead of men, they just made it women. You know what I mean? But they're like all big Tom Brady fanatics. I don't know. I that's kind of my thing. That's like what they did. But I just remember thinking, like, oh boy, I'm like. It, it, this is this it remind that movie. The trailers for that movie reminded me of like you might remember this movie. I I don't. Um, not, I mean I do, but I never seen it. It was um, it was like Burt Reynolds and like Peter Falk and maybe Dom DeLuise or something, and they were like former mobsters, but they weren't anymore. And they had like they were just old guys trying to like still, still like be mobsters. It was called like not so wise guys or something. That's just what it reminds me of. It's like these old. I don't guys. remember this at all. Yeah, it's like these just these old old people trying to still like, like have some fun trying to be alive. You know what I mean? It was, uh, yeah, it was not a. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's just like, oh, like you can make or like uh, what was that movie with Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman? The uh, the bucket list. It's like, oh, hey, yeah. old, old people can still be alive too. You know, it's like. That's just what those movies feel like after a while. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, what is it? Oh, it was called The Crew. Oh, that was that was way off. Burt Reynolds, Richard Richard <laughs> Dreyfus. I'm uh, Richard Dreyfus. Dan Hedaya and Seymour Cassell. Oof! Wow, Jennifer Tilly's in that. I'm still not watching it. <laughs> uh yeah, The Crew. Yeah, they do that like every few years. And they like there's just like these two older actors, and they're like, let's put them in a movie together. That'd be hilarious. You know what it is? It's the grumpy old men thing. They try to recreate grumpy old men every so many years. And what made it work is that those two guys were freaking hilarious together already. You know what I mean? It's not um, just putting Walter Matthau and John Lemon. Jack Lemon, yeah. Jack Lemon, sorry, Jack Lemon. Yeah. Those I was guys- I I saw the second one in theaters somehow. <laughs> so I was like 12 when that movie came out. And uh, Walter Matthau makes the joke. He says, yeah, you're a regular Don Juan. The ladies Don want anything to do with you. <laughs> it's such a good line. Got uh, his ass. Suck it, Jack Lemon. <laughs> uh, I, there's one part where they're playing pranks on each other. And Jack Lemon puts a fish in Walter Matthau's car. And he goes, can I ask you a question? Do I smell like fish? Here in the back is, yeah, you always do. He's like, I wasn't asking you. (laughs) That's, but that, see, those movies are, I mean, like, look, they are what they are, but they're fun. They're, you know, they're just too old. It's just old people yelling at each other. And I think what they think the formula is, is just like, let's just put old people in a movie and it should be hilarious. And it's just like, no, that's not how, and then they, you know, 
there's that part in the trailer where Jane Fonda is like rubbing up on Gronkowski and it's like, woof, you know, I'm sure Gronk would have got it up anyways. He, he, that guy would fuck anything. <laughs> and that's probably like he, he surely pounded it and they didn't even show it going in. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, wait till our 80 for Brady commentary in the summertime. Uh <laughs> <laughs> a legit that that movie came out in February, right? It came out the week after the Super Bowl. Okay, what do you think that? Oh, made? No, no. thirteen dollars. How many people before, wouldn't watch this fucking movie? The week before the Super Bowl, it came out. Um, I remember every commercial for that was interview clips with Lily Tomlin and Tom Brady. We just wanted to show you know the perseverance of friendship. Eighty for Brady, only in theaters. But what's the uh, plot of the movie? I'm Tom Brady. Yes, but t- Tom Brady. <laughs> Bob, Bob, Bob Saget. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Just flew in, boy. My arm's tired. Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, it made audiences sick. Yeah, it went on to debut to twelve million dollars for this opening weekend. All right. And it's made so far thirty million dollars, thirty nine million dollars. So, but behind a budget of twenty eight. Oh God damn it! I'm so upset that made money. I, here's the thing: they made enough money to make forty million dollars. That seems like one of those movies where you're like, "And eighty for Brady did horrible this weekend." You know, like remember when Gigli came out and it was like so panned before it was even released it only made like half a million dollars its opening weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> then it only made like eighteen thousand dollars the next weekend and then it was out of theaters yeah I it was like that. it was gone before you knew it and like we used to hate movies in this country before they even were released <laughs> yeah uh yeah the <laughs> oh god now I'm looking up Gigli. <laughs> uh, boy, yeah, I, I can't. I can't picture in my head who paid money to go see eighty for Brady. I don't want to picture this person. I don't want to know him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. I just like, I get he's popular, right? And I mean, you know, he's the most celebr. He's the most, you know. So as of this point. He's won more than any other quarterbacks won in the NFL. Okay, I guess saying that it's about the Patriots, Tom Brady. So I guess Pats fans probably went and saw it. Oh yeah, no, no, no. They're, they're, they're yeah, they're Patriots fans in the movie. So and yeah, um, <laughs> three. <laughs> oh God, Gigli made three million dollars in its opening weekend against a seventy-five million dollar budget. <laughs> oh, it's rough. Oh man. That movie cost $75 million. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Where did all that money go to? Fucking, well, if you look at the poster, it looks like Affleck's hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, I think any final thoughts or? I uh, know this This really should give, I, I'm not going to say hope because I, I'm sick of using the word hope. This should give Bears fans reasonable expectations to expect success. And this year and the years coming. Uh, 
based on this move, uh, I, it's early, and obviously we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. I would expect eight or nine wins. Yeah, I mean. Just I the think, DJ Moore move alone. I mean. I think we both talked about it at the end of the season where next year, five wins, six wins is not going to cut it. Like, no. unless Justin Fields is a total failure, like six wins next year is not enough. They have to compete for a playoff spot. Look at the Lions. Like we said earlier, the Lions like trickled their way up to some kind of relevance, competitive relevance towards the end of the season. But they had a shot for the playoffs until that last afternoon. And they got screwed. And then they decided to screw the Packers, which in a way. God bless them for of, it. Huh? God bless them for it. Right, I, I I will I am grateful to them for beating the Packers because you just, you know if Green Bay would have went to the playoffs, everything somehow would have magically gone their way. Probably, yeah, yeah. Des- despite how bad that team was and how just miserable their chemistry was, right? And yeah, but like I mean, the Lions were one in six, and they fire you know they fired a position coach and moved some things around, and then all of a sudden. They finished the season eight and nine, or no, they finished season nine and eight, but they rattle off seven wins, you know, and they, they get themselves into the playoff hunt. You know, it, it, it can, you can turn it around quick. And that's kind of my argument, but they've got to at least compete for a playoff spot next year. And I mean, not in October, it's got to be in December, deep in the season. You know what I mean? December and January, because that's where these moves are going to matter. And, and, to top, to top, you know, to um, further what I'm going to say, this trade today just goes to show what kind of moves Ryan Poles is willing to make to better the team. And the one thing I've noticed and have kind of brought up about, you know, him in Kansas City is that a lot of times they would always trade back to get more draft picks, to get players that helped out that team. And if you look at players that have helped out that team that they've drafted, you know, Kelsey wasn't a first round pick. He was like a, I think he was a third round pick. Same thing with Tariq Hill. He was a third round pick, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, who I, who I mentioned earlier, he was a six rounder. He was a big deal for him in the Super Bowl this year. Um, You know, they, you know, that's a franchise who knows where their value is who knows what value they're looking for in the draft. And instead of just like betting it all on the five or six, seven picks they get, they create as many picks as possible because they believe in the coaching staff too, to help develop those players, you know? So it's not just the front office is good and then they get good players. It all has to work. It all has to work in tandem. You know, everybody, the front office, the coaching staff, the, the roster, it all has to blend well together. Or it's a failure. And we've seen that a lot over the years. You know? Well, maybe not you. I've been a secret Chiefs fan for a while, but <laughs> Well, I'm talking about with the Bears, damn it. Like, you know, we've seen a lot of failure in those in that kind of in that kind of in those structures is just, you know. Yeah, you know, there's a couple good years with Lovey Smith, but then like they never draft well enough. They don't develop well enough. And all of a sudden, Erlacher and Tillman and Briggs, all those guys get old. Or, you know, you never you bring in Jay Cutler, but you never give them enough good offensive weapons. You force them to have Devin Hester and Johnny Knox's, you know, 
as his best receivers. You trade away Greg Olson, and it's like, and that's why you get Matt Forte and Walter Payton as your best. You know, well, I, the, the Greg Olson move was because of Jay Cutler. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons as to why Greg Olson was moved. You know, and you, you can hear this in the Vince McMahon voice. Jay screwed Jay. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but again, the front office never drafted well enough to protect him. Uh, hired retreat coaches and Mike Martz and Mike Tice and you know, Mark Tressman, all these guys just to do what to, you know, they thought they were doing well when they, you know, they weren't doing anything at all. And not, there's nothing to say that Luke Getze is going to be a good offensive coordinator next year. Nothing at all. There's nothing to say Matt Eberflus is going to be a good head coach next season, but with the first year come and gone, they did some things where <clears throat> didn't see that before. A lot of people were like ragging on Allen Williams, the Bears defensive coordinator. Do you remember the first five or six games of the season that they didn't allow a touchdown in the second half on defense? It's, a stat, it's a stat that kind of got forgotten because that defense got bad in a hurry once they traded Roquan and Robert Quinn. But those first few games, they didn't give up a touchdown in the second half for like I think it was the first six games, which is pretty good for a team that everybody was expecting to finish and did finish last place, but was pretty good for a team that everyone was just expecting to be such a bad team. And it's like, okay, you know, th- that's and not bad. Pulse made those moves when he did to make it evident to everybody that this is not going to be the year. Stop thinking it is. Right. And I mean, you know, the sooner you give up on that, the better. But now with these moves – you know, so far the future looks like it could be bright. So, I mean, now I'm going to miss Roquan though. I loved Roquan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's a big one, you know, it, that's a big hole to fill, but uh, he got his deal and in, in, he got his hundred million dollars with the Ravens. So, and now they might not have yeah, a back. We, we can root for him to hurt whoever's playing for Pittsburgh. So, right. Exactly. You know what? That's, that's cool. Could you just tackle Ben Roethlisberger because? <laughs> yeah, just walking on the street. Just him and the guy who played How I Met Your Mother just talking about how much they don't like porn. Just kill them both. <laughs> hey, let's go meet Rashida Jones for lunch. Tackle her too. Fuck it. Uh, all it's right. weird, that, Nico. It, what's, that they the, don't like porno? The, they're, they're like anti-porn crusaders. And Roethlisberger yeah. specifically... Yeah, because Rob- he he he's such a uh, a, sick a philanderer. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, no, that's 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 the word. He literally has no ability to keep it in his pants. They go, like, oh, it's Porno's fault. Like, no, it's you, Ben Roethlisberger. You fucking fuck. You Didn't gray Storm- ashen dick having motherfucker. Didn't Stormy Daniel say he had a he had a misshapen discolored hey, penis? There was a girl, and she remains anonymous. She she. Uh, her and her friend, actually, he brought him back to their place for a little tryst. I mean, nothing wrong with that. But I guess, yeah, she said it was not only small, but ashen in color and misshapen. <laughs> and he was very overtly aggressive, and he did things that they were not okay with. And as a revenge for that, they stole a signed jersey out of his apartment. I Okay, yeah, I remember. You remember, she, she threw it out the window to her friend when they snuck out. Yeah, like they had to sneak out of Ben Roethlisberger's house. That's what a fucking creep that guy is. Yeah, 
And I guess his manager called them the next day and started threatening legal action if they don't return the jersey. Or no, maybe he offered them cash or something for it. Right. Yeah, I, I remember that story now. God. Uh, I don't miss him from the NFL, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, thank God the only creep in the NFL is now gone. Right, exactly. No more of them. Now the NFL yeah. is clean. <laughs> Roger Goodell can sleep easy at night. <laughs> oh, he puts man. on his, his sleeping cap and his, his striped pajamas. <laughs> Blows his candle out and has his maid tuck him in. <laughs> He's got those old timey beds with like the huge bed post so he can like pull the curtain <laughs> yeah. over his beds. And <laughs> He's making these old timey like fucking references. That's called a canopy bed. Yeah, canopy bed. That's it. Yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> Gets in his uh, Studebaker to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> he's still like, he, he has somebody bring in the paper that they ironed for him. <laughs> Eats a grapefruit half for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> with, with with half a spoonful of sugar because he's watching his blood pressure. He's also got that egg, the thing in the, the egg and the like the holder thing and he eats it. <laughs> <laughs> The the candle underneath it, the hard boil of the egg while it sits in there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's got the machine from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang where the sausage comes down the conveyor belt. <laughs> oh man. Uh, gets his get, goes out for a talkie every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> hits up the speakeasy and does <laughs> Carlson. He flips the guy at the window a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> Two tickets to 80 for Brady, please. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be $28. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. He just keeps walking to like he didn't hear him say that. <laughs> just like twirling just a cane as he walks into the theater. Just let him go. It just he's he's fine. Yes. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, uh, after all that hilarity, that was the Nico and Chris Bears uh, post game wrap up podcast show featuring Nico and Chris. That was Nico. That was Chris. Hey, make sure to listen to the show anywhere you find pods. Just search for Nico and Chris. We're on a ton of pod places, so uh, it all of be them, difficult. Matter of fact, all, every every of the pod hosting sites we're on um i was just told by the president of podcast the other day so roger goodell roger goodell yeah actually he uh he tapped his wooden nickel on the phone and called me uh collect uh a, a newspaper spun onto his television screen and it said nico and chris kings of podcasting he got on his old school radio with his family to listen to our podcast <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> to turn the dial. <laughs> it's it's the radio from a Christmas story. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Is his, his kids were listening to Little Orphan, and he goes, "Oh, we got to change it. Nico and Chris are on the other channel." <laughs> there were only four uh, radio channels back then, and right. we're on three of them. Because we're not on the, Little Orphan Annie's on Potomatic, and we're not on that one. We're not. No, that one we are not on. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's for true. Um, also, make sure to uh, <laughs> make sure to uh, 
follow us at NNC Bears Cast on Twitter and on Instagram. That's where we the socials and uh, we update. That I is the update. letter N A N D, the letter C Bears Cast. He's right. You should all listen to that. Um. So yeah, that's uh. Yeah, that's that's all, that's all the important things uh, that happened today. I mean, and next week is free agency, so we can be right back talking about Bears free agency, some of the moves they make early or later. Hopefully, no Ray McDonald signings, so or sightings for that matter. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Actually, for, he, he he's in jail for murdering Ben Roethlisberger. So you know, if he did that, I would I would I would probably look at Ray McDonald a little less harshly. Um, in fact, I don't really think about Ray McDonald much at all, but, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So, uh, Hey Chris, bear down. Hey Nico, a bear down.